0: Happy Sabbath, a very warm welcome to you, my dear listener, from wherever you are. We are back yet again, and this is the new live program. Coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi, this is Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamokwa. We are more than glad to have you on board. On the show today, the Bible in Living Sound returns with the Bible story and will be focusing on discussion of Jesus' death. Later on, Ian Muse will join us during the Bible segment with the topic "In Christ We Are Made Alive." But before we do that, Mathalio Echoes comes to us with the song "Nimaishagani." Sit tight and enjoy. <laughs> I'm Welcome back, dear listener. That was Nimaishagani by Masalio Echoes. And now, the Bible in Living Sound brings us a Bible story discussion of Jesus' death. Stay tuned and be on the know. Don't forget, you're listening to the new Life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope.
1: Master is buried in an honorable tomb. What are we going to do? We have no one to guide us. Well, the first thing, I think, is to find a place to stay, a, a safe place. A safe place? Is it not altogether possible that the people will demand our death as followers of Jesus? Also, we need a place to stay, a place to eat, talk, plan, and sleep. I suggest that each of us inquire among our friends. Certainly, we can find some appropriate place.
2: Mary, the mother of Mark, has suggested that we...
0: Peter, John, the tomb is empty. Someone has taken his body out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him.
2: We'll go to the tomb immediately. Come, John. Yes.
3: The tomb is empty. No, there's a man, a young man in shining garments, sitting on the stone at the entrance to the tomb.
2: Fear not, ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified... He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples and Peter that he is risen from the dead.
1: So they ran both together, and John did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen, just as he said he would. Truly, this is holy ground, sacred ground. The stone, it's rolled away. Why, it looks... It is empty. John, come in. The tomb is empty. Yes, I know. See, see, there are the linens in which he was wrapped, folded neatly and laid there. Come, we must return to Jerusalem.
0: Jesus is gone. Even his body has disappeared. It was in there. I, I Who is that? In there by the tomb?
2: Woman, why weepest thou?
0: Because they have taken away my lord, and I know not where they have laid him.
2: Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou?
0: Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Mary. Master. The upper chamber that you and your master have often used, it is available. You may use it.
1: There will be eleven. No, ten. Thomas lives here in Jerusalem, so there will be only ten of us. Why did I do it? John,
2: why? The master even told me I would. And I denied him three times, just as he said I would. Oh, I wish I could live those moments over. Once something is done, Peter, nothing can undo it. If only Jesus were still here, I would do anything, anything to show him I love him. I would gladly, happily die for him. Oh, John, you should have seen the expression on his face when he turned looked at me after I denied him. There wasn't an iota of censure or scolding in that look, only sadness, sympathy, forgiveness and love. Love for me.
3: Open up! We have glad tidings to tell you! Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. The young men in white garments told us. They must have been angels. Jesus is Not risen. One of the angels told us to hurry and tell you, his disciples. We're going to tell our friends now. Then, everyone, goodbye. Farewell.
1: Well, it must be true. Peter and I saw the empty tomb. Well, it's hard to say. Women are so excitable. Besides, is it possible that the Son of God would allow himself to be scorned, ridiculed, and killed such a disgraceful death as the cross, only to be resurrected again? Don't you remember that once he did say something about being put to death and resurrected the third day? I didn't understand it then, and I don't now, but... Uh, I think all hope has vanished. There's nothing ahead of us but despondency, grief, and despair. And what did the psalmist David mean when he said he will swallow up death in victory? Well, I think the best thing for us to do is stay locked in this upper chamber, Safe from the fate that our master suffered. You're right. 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 Everything seems vague and mysterious. I wish I had asked Jesus exactly what was going to happen. He would have told us. I'm trying to remember just what he said. We should
2: have listened more attentively. Shh! Spies!
0: Open up!
1: Uh, Open up, it is I! Mary Magdalene, coming!
0: Oh, I saw Jesus. I did see Jesus.
2: Someone brought his body back?
0: No, no, I saw Jesus. He was alive. He spoke to me.
2: You feel so badly about it, Mary, that almost anyone saying they are Jesus would fool you.
0: Peter, please believe me. It was Jesus. I I saw the nail and spear holes. He bade me hurry here and tell you.
1: It must have been the master. We saw the empty tomb. I hardly think so, John. Probably another of those
2: rumors started by the temple priests and elders. Yet... I seem to remember now that he said something about... And they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected, and be slain, and be raised the third day. yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. because I live, ye shall live also.
0: For those of you who are just joining us, this is the new life program with me, Monica Kamokwa, your host. Coming to you live from the Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Always a pleasure to have you with us. You haven't missed a lot. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer. Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, Code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Now that that is of the way, here is a song, How Beautiful, by Masalio Echoes. You are listening to the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Don't change the channel. Yeah. dear listener thank you for staying tuned right about now ian musa joins us for the bible segment he will be talking about in christ we are made alive be blessed
4: I greet you, dear listener, in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our study today and feel at the feet of Jesus Christ. The topic of our study is In Christ we are made alive, based on the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 15. I am a presenter, Ian Muse. Welcome. From the moment sin became a fixed fact, every human being who lived became subject to the first death. In fact, if God had not intervened, it will have been an eternal death. Adam's probation ended when he sinned. As far as the first offer of life was concerned, it was finished. He had forfeited all hope of life under the proposal God had made. Now only death awaited him a hopeless, final death. And if God had done nothing more, that's the way it will have ended for Adam and all of his descendants. But immediately after Adam sinned and before the sentence was fully executed, God introduced the plan of salvation through the seed of the woman and gave Adam a new trial. Genesis 3 verse 15 This second probation was conditioned upon acceptance of a Savior who will bear man's penalty through his own substitutionary death. A new hope was set before Adam and all his posterity through the second arrangement but it did not alter the consequences of failing the first probation. That brings us to a very crucial question. How could God uphold his integrity by carrying out the penalty of the first failure and still hold out the offer of a new life to everyone through another probation? God met that puzzling dilemma in such a simple way that we are amazed. We would let men live their limited lifespan and then die, regardless of whether they did good or evil. That first death will take care of the Adamic consequences of failing the first test. Then, let all men be raised from the first death, into which they fell through no fault of their own, and let them stand before God to answer for their own personal sins for which they are responsible. Then their destiny will be determined on the basis of the second probation, between birth and the first death, and how they met the conditions of salvation through Christ. If they are found guilty of personally failing the second test, they will suffer the same penalty that Adam faced, death. In this case, however, there will be no further probation extended, and their death will be the second death, final, external extinction. Now we can better understand the words of Paul. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22. The plan of salvation involved a resurrection of all men from the first death, so that they can be placed beyond the effects of Adam's sins. This is necessary so that they can be judged on the basis of their personal actions and choices. Adam died because he ate the fruit of the forbidden tree, not because of anything he did after that. But if, after the judgment, Adam is found worthy of the second death, it will not be because he ate the fruit, but because of other sins committed after the experience which were not confessed and forgiven. Some may change God with being arbitrary and cruel to bring the wicked back to life again only to destroy them in the lake of fire. Why not just let them remain under the power of the first death? That will not meet the conditions required by the second probation. The first death is not the punishment for sin for any of Adam's posterity. Justice requires that each individual be held accountable only for meeting the conditions of his own salvation. Without a resurrection, no such judgment could be made, and no just retribution could be given. It is no wanton act on God's part, but a fulfillment of the standards of divine justice. With that understanding of the first and second deaths, we are prepared to examine the roles of the first and second Adams. Just as the entire human race was represented by Adam in the Garden of Eden, so every man will be represented by Jesus, the second Adam. Therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation Even so by the righteousness of one The free gift came upon all men out of justification of life For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners So by the obedience of one shall men be made righteous Romans chapter 5 verse 18 to 19 As you have seen Whatever happened to the first Adam affected all those whom he represented now we are told by Paul that the experience of the second Adam will directly affect all men. Jesus, the Creator, was incorporated into humanity and stood before God as though He were every man. This is why Paul wrote, I am crucified with Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 We are buried with Him by baptism. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 As Christ was raised up, Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 The life of man is deeply associated with the events of Christ's life. Because Jesus came to redeem the failure of the first Adam, he had to do it in the same flesh that man can possess when he was born. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 Had he possessed any supernatural advantage over his brethren in conquering sins, Jesus would have given support to Satan's charge of injustice. God had been accused of requiring an obedience that was unreasonable and even impossible. Christ came to disprove the devil's false accusation by meeting the requirements of God in the same human nature that any man may obtain through faith in the Father. It was that perfect victory of Christ over sin and death Which provide the basis of all salvation All the descendants of Adam Lay under the influence of his weakness and failure making it impossible for any of them to obey the law In that dying Condemned family of Adam They were doomed to perpetual struggle and defeat But the victory of the second Adam Opened a door of escape for the family of the first Adam Listener There is a resounding truth in the Bible That in Christ Jesus We are victorious over sin you can claim your victory today by accepting to follow him. Till we meet again, be blessed. Thank you, listener, for your time. I was your presenter, Ian Musa. God bless you.
0: Thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. It is always a pleasure to have you. Don't forget to send us your views, suggestions, or questions about the show through the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. And until we meet again right here, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. Have a happy Sabbath.